Welcome to the Voices of Valor podcast by and for the men of the Legion of Valor, the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois. Legion of Valor is a brotherhood of Catholic men committed to growth and holiness through the perfection of virtue in cooperation with God's grace. With a shared mission of forming Christian disciples, first in our homes, then in our parishes and communities. I'm Mike Christie, host of the Legion of host of the Voices of Valor podcast, member of Bishop Paprocki's leadership team in the offices of the Springfield Diocese. Joined by our co-host, Father Dominic Rankin, Bishop Paprocki's Master of Ceremonies, Priest Secretary, member of the diocesan staff, and chaplain of the Legion of Valor, and not a rock star concert host. So this is, you know, in our last episode, Brad Bolt, who we're going to have back again today, uh, mentioned that he spent some time in kind of in the non-dom world, you know, where, where going to church was kind of like a, a rock show. And I was thinking to myself as he said that, it's just like Mass with Father Dominic, but different. But different, yeah. Not not great at a guitar uh, or <laughs> jumping or uh, yeah, maybe a little better, but not much. Okay. Um, but yeah, sacramental uh, grace, sacramental grace. All right, I can I can definitely uh, get it out to a, a congregation. All right. Well, we have we have uh, Brad Bolt back with us uh, after last week. Brad, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, we we were in the middle of a phenomenal story. You know, it's kind of God's story in your life, your story in God's grace. And, you know, you talked about the story of your uh, experience in your marriage with infertility and all the fruit that the Lord kind of bore in your life in different and unexpected ways through that experience. And then you talked about your your con- conversion experience, which was really, I mean, fascinating to me just in kind of a thumbnail sketch in that you had this seeking experience started in high school, maybe a little bit there in college, but then, you know, as you got into your professional working world, kind of dabbling in the non-dom world and, and then your wife, not your wife yet, but she's Catholic. And so like happens with many people that kind of brings you into the church through RCIA. But, you know, she described it maybe a little bit going through the motions and not really kind of feels like maybe the seeds being scattered on, you know, not so fertile soil. It's not really taking root. And then it was a professional experience that, you know, uh, you described as kind of a, a shattering of the glass of this image of yourself wrapped up in worldly success, you know, really deeply humbling. And you used the expression that that was the worst day of your life professionally and the best day of your life. I want to pick it up right there and say that demands an explanation. Uh, you know, I think that you know, just even, you know, here in 2020, because, you know, that occurred in 2012, it's just, you know, just one of those things where you feel that, uh, you know, you're, you're doing good. I, th- I think it was, um, you know, Bishop said at some point, I'm sure, you know, I definitely don't want to misquote him, but it's just that, you know, as far as Christians, if you don't, if you don't kill anybody, you're not Hitler, mm. you think you're going to heaven. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, I, I just really kind of felt, felt that way that, uh, you know, I was, I was this, you know, educator, which is, you know, what a noble profession. So I'm working with kids, trying to give the education. I mean, I was all in on, you know, in that secular culture in 2012. I mean, I went, I attended the, you know, national white privilege, you know, I mean, all this stuff, you know, in Memphis, Tennessee, and I was a big social justice warrior, you could say, and, you know, voted for, you know, not to get political, you know, but just that's kind of like the person I was. I was like the poster child for progressive liberalism. And, uh, you know, even as I was kind of going through the motions and, you know, I felt like I was doing good. You know, I, I felt that I was I was going to heaven and, you know, still living this 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 crazy lifestyle. I would say, you know, just just for the sake of, uh, you know, I spend too much time. But, I mean, I, I was, 
you know, dabbling, uh, you know, throughout college, you know, in, in drug usage and, and, uh, you know, had no problem. Um, you know, I mean, even adultery, unfortunately, mm. I, I committed adultery with, with two married women, you know, as I was, mm. as I was just, you know, living this crazy lifestyle, you know, and in my mind, it was just like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go to heaven when I'm doing an education. Like this is like, I'm there I'm kind of guaranteed spot, you know what I mean? So, cause I felt like I was doing something and for the community, so to say, just completely misguided. And, uh, you know, I was perfectly fine living that lifestyle to where I thought I was going to, you know, be the superintendent and, uh, you know, make it, make some positive choices in some urban, urban settings and, and, and in these school districts who needed some help and some reform and that I was going to do all this stuff, you know, in the worldly sense that uh, was going to give me this, you know, this ticket into heaven. And, uh, you know, so within that crushing moment, I realized that, you know, all those things were in vain uh, in many capacities, mainly more so because I was doing them for my own selfish ambition. Because, you know, obviously, you know, educating, educating individuals, you know, leading towards God. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, you know, that that's that's a calling for you know, missionary discipleship. Uh, but at this time period, you know, I'm just so stuck in the, the public school s- sector and mindset um, that I really didn't have any room for God. And, and you know, if God could help me out in this process, great. But if he can't, then I don't want, you know, like I want to use God to help me advance. And so I just felt like I was truly on this one way, this one way road to hell, mm. um, looking back in retrospect. And and I didn't even realize it. I had no clue. I, I wasn't I wasn't trying to be, you know, trying to sugarcoat it or saying like, oh, well, I mean, I just in my mind, I truly thought I was just this awesome person that was doing awesome things to improve a community. C.S. Lewis has an expression that comes to mind, severe mercy. I don't know if that like comes from somewhere else or if he coined it, but I read it in a book by that title, Severe Mercy by Sheldon Van Aken, in which he and his wife are exchanging letters with C.S. Lewis and you know, the uh, author's wife, I don't want to give away the book, but she got sick and, you know, and, and there, but there was kind of good fruit that came from it. And um, C.S. Lewis described it as a severe mercy. And I won't get the full phrase around it that he has, but it's beautiful. And it just strikes me that Brad, that's what you're describing is there, there, there are these moments where the Lord really kind of sets a steel plow to hard soil and just busts it up. Right. So that experience that you had that you, you, you thought you were on a great path and just boom, this kind of rupture happens, but it, it turns the soil over as painful as it is at the time. You look back at that now and say, yeah, that was a, that was a mercy. <laughs> Amen. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, it, it was, it was God's, it was God's love. You know I mean? To me, that's what the parables of talents in some capacity. I mean, it's God's mercy that he's showering upon us is those talents and, and, you know, just that that mercy he gave me. Yeah. So I was just, yeah, I, I was, I was lost. And so kind of going, you know, we kind of started that whole, you know, segment, um, just give a little background on pouring out into the marriage ministry, uh, you know, with the diocese, because, uh, you know, I stumbled into uh, St. Mary's Catholic church and uh, basically said, so just kind of hobbled in, you know, humbled and, and asked uh, if I could just speak to a priest that could maybe help. And you stumbled into the right place. I mean, for those who don't know it, go to the, when in doubt, go to the Oblates at St. Mary's. They'll take care (laughs) of you. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Amen. And, and I'm so thankful. We had a, we had a priest in Father Tom Cannon, dear, dear friend of mine still to this day. And 
he he was just ordained. He was ordained later in life. Um, he had a full full blown engineering career with the MBA, so he's extremely successful, um, you know, in the worldly capacity. And he just had uh, you know uh, a deep experience with the parable of the rich young man. I believe whenever mm-hmm. he was when he was at uh, you know at mass one day and. And uh, so anyway, so long story short, he ends up coming to the priesthood when he's just newly ordained and he's at St. Mary's. I don't know how long prior to prior to me meeting him, uh, but we had some great conversation. He's like, hey, um, you know, he's like, I go for, I go for walks, you know, because it's right on the Mississippi River right there in Alton. He's like, you know, we could definitely continue the conversation sometime, you know, go, go for a walk. And it's like, absolutely. And so um Long story short, the the relationship that we form it's 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 a godsend because he was able for a full year before he got um, transferred to uh, the seminary out in Denver because he's a spiritual director for um, well, he's, uh, well he's a spiritual director out there uh, at a seminary and anyway he came over every Wednesday night uh, with my wife and I wow. and we would have we'd have dinner. We'd have a few drinks, uh, talk theology, and then typically we, you know, we put in put in a movie, um, you know. And so it was just for a full year, every Wednesday. And then, you know, not to not to mention if it, you know, he's like, hey, going going for a walk, and if you're up for it, so it's like, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, talk about holding somebody's hand who needs to be built up, and uh, you know, because it's very difficult because when you know when you meet getting those moments of despair, you know, where I was at. Um, you know, it's humbling, but this, but then, you know, as, as it was difficult to make, make a decision. So, I mean, he turned me on to the discernment of spirits, mm-hmm. you know, nation spirituality and, and Father Gallagher and, you know, just helped me, you know, just, just start trying to rightly order myself. And, and so anyway, that was a key, that was a key. Uh, I want to come back to the discernment of spirits, but first I want to throw a curveball and do a little okay. detour here. And, Father Dominic, I want to throw you a curveball specifically, okay. as, yeah, as, as I yeah, love to sounds, do. Sounds like a fan. And, and that is, you know, it just strikes me that when people are kind of struggling the way, you know, Brad at that period of time is struggling, there's almost a, you know, I don't want to burden a priest with that, or I don't want to scandalize a priest with, you know, the kind of stuff that, I, that, I'm, that I'm kind of wrestling through and all that. You're sitting here as a priest and kind of imagining, like, somebody comes to you in this moment, are you going to be scandalized by it? Or are you going to be like, oh, you know, this is a this is a burden? You know, like from from the standpoint of your priesthood, yeah. how do you how do you react to that? No, I mean, I, I've had that experience on my end where, not on the calendar, somebody rings the doorbell and needs a priest, and it's one of the most, I'll, I'll say, encouraging or, or kind of fruitful moments in priesthood where you're like, send me in, you know, mm. put me in, coach, kind of thing, like. <laughs> The, the surprising moments are the ones that usually you're you're fairly certain the Lord is the one behind it, and you're fairly certain he's going to, you know, uh, bring the fruit out of it. Um, it's not the the planned conference or the, you know, the the organized event that's, you know, you, you put effort into those, but it's those beautiful moments of just, yeah, spontaneous grace busting into somebody's life and, and wanting that encounter with a priest that I think a, as a priest, that's what um, really, you know, you get to the end of that day and you're like, Boy, Lord, you were at work, and it was such a good day. You know, feel like a real instrument of God's grace. You do. I mean, that's yeah. the the fruitful stuff of it. So, sorry for the curveball, little detour there, but I think it's yeah. kind of a interesting way to round it. I want to come back, Brad. You mentioned discernment of spirits. So, the Father Timothy Gallagher, who also is an oblate, has written 
books, I think plural about this, but just kind of the, the essentials of Ignatian spirituality, discernment of spirit and kind of learning to observe desolation, consolation, the movement of the, you know, the evil spirit versus the Holy spirit in your life and how to digest all that. How did that, you mentioned that was kind of central to, to your conversations with Father Tom. Tell us more about yeah. that. Yeah, and I, I mean, to this day, you know, I daily practice examination of conscience, and it was just, um, yeah, I don't know how much time I was spent, spent you know, reading Father Gallagher's books and then going to that Oration Chapel there in Alton, just trying to, uh, you know, really reach, reach a... Um, you know, any type of clarification. And, and yeah, I just can't speak more highly of it. I wonder if what, what keeps coming to mind when I hear Brad telling his story is that relentless uh, willingness to kind of get to know. And I'll speak of that both of his of his wife. Like we have the biblical term of to know your wife, like in a, in a deeper sense than just acknowledging one another's presence. But like, no, now I'm, I got to dig deeper. Like I get married to them thinking this, then, well, we can't have kids. So, like, I have to dig in, get to know you in a whole different way. Same thing with, like, professional career. Um, you've got your plans laid out. You know what you're doing. And then curveball comes flying through. Yeah. No, that strikes me that, you know, in the spiritual life, knowledge of God, knowledge of self, you know. I they mean, go together. Of, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty important. So, I mean, in, in all of this and throughout Brad's kind of narrative here, it's it's – self-discovery. It's the learning, you know, as you described back to the prior episode about he and his wife struggling with, with infertility and, and, you know, that kind of level of knowledge, you know, intimate knowledge um, that that's formed through that. But then, you know, the professional experience and, you know, who I thought I was and the, even the words that Brad uses to describe that of, you know, I had this image of myself. It was false, right? It was not it was not the true identity of who we are all, who we all are created in God's image and likeness. So yeah, it's a lot there. The other thing that I found interesting is I think if I remember this correctly, I think it was St. Benedict who was at mass. It was either St. Benedict or St. Anthony might've been both of them at mass heard the same parable that father Tom yes. described of hmm. the rich young man were moved by it and went and sold there's a kind of interesting parallels in their stories, yeah. but you know, so I get them give mixed up sometimes, give it all away, had a little sister had to take care of, you know, get her squared away, give the rest of it away. And then, you know, go off and devote the rest of my life to prayer and sacrifice. They're all examples of the, the moments in our lives when God just like totally busts in <laughs> and like <laughs> you see it in, I mean, you see it in the apostles, you see it in these characters, Benedict, Anthony. Um, and I think Brad, you're showing us that we sometimes see it in uh, ourselves as well. Absolutely. And then speaking of busting in, that's kind of what happened there with my pause. My, my four-year-old son busted in to the office. My wife was calling his name. So, it, you know, that uh, that's one of the, you know, the, you know, even go back to the Sermon of Spirits, you know, and I think that even, you know, not switch topics very much, you know, I mean, I mean, that's a whole other topic as far as parenting is concerned, you know, and expectations, but, um, you know, it's just constantly going back to, to prayer, you know, with the discernment of spirits, you know, now I have a different obligation, mm. you know, with my, with my, with my son and, mm. you know, with, with my wife, but that time period, you know, that's what I was doing with the discernment of spirits. There's just, you know, constantly going back to God to, for, for, for him to make the decisions. Yeah. And, 
for 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 me not to try to impose my will anymore because I, I, I was I was done with that and I didn't want to do it, but that was my habit, and I still had to overcome that. You know, I had to allow God's grace come into my life to to uh, like well, I, I have to continue. That's a daily thing, right? To sure. humble yourself in prayer. So recognize His will in each moment. Yeah. But Absolutely. there is a, you know, you point to a shift there. It's a, I think, good for all of us to reflect on that. That conversion experience you had was quite dramatic, you know, not quite a St. Paul being blinded and, you know, like scales <laughs> on my eyes, but kind of in that, in that category, you know, of, of, you know, kind of sudden dramatic conversion. But then you're also describing a journey from there, right? So this, this journey of accompaniment with uh, uh, one of the Oblates at St. Mary's and then, you know, I'm guessing you're talking about doing the exam every night. I'm guessing there's this kind of ongoing journey of growth and virtue and, you know, a turning away from vice. Vice and bad habits, they, you know, they and the source that they come from do not let go easily. Mm-hmm. No, amen to that. And, I, you know, and I think that, you know, I think that's where, you know, that small group that we have on Wednesday nights, uh, from the guys at St. Boniface, I think that that's where, you know, a small group just plays uh, so much into, you know, what's necessary to, to live. If you say you want to live a holy life and you say you want to, you know, grow in holiness and deepen your relationship with God, you know, part of that is deepening your relationship with others and truly getting to know other people in a more intimate way, you know, being willing to share, you know, your stories and your struggles and then, you know, and then be uplifted from from hearing others, not necessarily their struggles, but the, just the rawness of of experience in life with somebody else. And well, yeah, and Brad, you had mentioned in your experience with a non denominational church, it's like you go to church, you show up, and then it's expected you're in a small group, right? We don't do that terribly well as Catholics. I mean, it's a, it's a you know, and and so I think it's interesting to hear you describe that experience among you know. I presume these are other Catholic men that are in your small group. Yes, correct. Yes. So talk to yeah. us a little bit about that that group. How did it form? You know, sounds like it's been fruitful. Uh, about a year, and I, th- I think that it just really kind of started with uh, the willingness of, um, and I, w- I give credit to James Cowell. He he uh, asked, you know, I didn't really know James, and he's a member of the Legion. I didn't know him very well, and he uh, you know he he called and asked me if I wanted to go out for some coffee, and. Uh, and I thought maybe he was, you know, in a sense, needed minister to, or I didn't really know what was going on. So I'm like, I thought maybe, maybe he needed, you know, some help or advice. I didn't really know what to take it up, but that's what I kind of approach it as. And he's like, yeah, I just wanted to grab a cup of coffee with you. I see you at church. It seemed like a guy, you know, like a guy who I yeah. want to kind of get to know. So I was just hoping maybe we could just, you know, talk. I'm from, you know, I'm from England. I'm, you know, I really have a few close friends, but I really like to, you know, get to know a few people better. And just, I felt like I was really kind of, in a sense, kind of want to get to know you. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty, you know, like, awesome. okay. Okay. Oh, so, that's awesome. <laughs> and so, uh, so it's kind of started there with, with a cup of coffee and then we, we started kind of opening up and uh, we were just so, uh, you know, since overjoyed with, with the conversation that transpired and I uh, was like, man, other people will probably want to, you know, open up and, and talk about struggles and where they're at. And so we, we, we rattled off uh, another mutual friend like, oh, he would love it. And so then huh. started calling him and uh, he started meeting up. And uh, so then it was just kind of the three of us. And then 
and then it kind of fell apart, you know, so we just, so then not, then nothing was really going on for a few months. Uh, you know, James was busy. Then other, uh, other friend who's part of Legion Tim, he got busy traveling. And so in a sense, life kind of took, took over. And then, uh, and then similar kind of fashion, I'm working a fish fry at the Knights of Columbus and, uh, another gentleman, uh, Jeremy Wilhaber, he, he's a part of the Wednesday night group. You know, we started having this this really kind of intimate, raw conversation about spirituality and, and struggles. And uh, he's like, "Man, I was like, we we need to have a group like this." Mm-hmm. Said, you know, we actually kind of started started kind of having a group similar to this. And so then I called James back. I'm like, "Hey, you know, I got another guy here. He's begging for you know this basically like the same as us, like begging for a, a group to form that that just allows guys to get together and have some spiritual conversations and open up." And so from that moment, once uh, Jeremy came on board. Uh, it's just been, you know, every Wednesday for, uh, you know, probably about well, maybe a year, year, somewhere around there. It definitely coordinated with the Legion because that's that was the yeah. spark that continued to keep that small group going. Was our, after our small group fell, fell apart the first time, so to say, then the Legion comes in. Um, you know what? And I don't necessarily know the timeline, um, but I just I do know the credit is due to the Legion to continue to remind us that brotherhood is such a central part of of this uh, journey and this intimacy with God. Well, and this, and, you know, it's probably a conversation f- for another day, but there's, you know, I think at this point, pretty overwhelming research about the isolation and loneliness among American men specifically. It's just, you know, the we've become as a culture much more isolated. People are less likely. There's a book out there called Bowling Alone. I only know about it because Bishop Paprocki's mentioned it. I haven't read it, but, you know, there's this phenomenon of, just disaffiliation with with groups and kind of this fragmentation of our culture. So, you know, good for you and good for you guys um, in pulling that group together. Probably more that we can and should talk about there, but as always happens, I don't know how this happens. We're out of time again. Yeah. Time so, moving. I don't know. Yeah. Father, would you mind closing us in prayer? I'd love to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 We place ourselves before you, Heavenly Father, and we ask that you who... All of our own fatherhood is is only a, a an icon of and a reflection of. Mercy would offer us the grace, continue to offer us the grace to live out of that fatherhood. Remind us that we need brothers in the journey, and bring those men into our lives uh, that are meant to be alongside of us. The Lord be with you, and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Onward and upward. Hmm.